0: I'm here today with Gia uh Wurtz. Is that how you pronounce it? Gia Wurtz?
1: Yeah, you got it right.
0: Yeah, the filmmaker over in New York. How's it going over there?
1: You know, it was scary for a while because of the pandemic, but I actually ended up traveling um due to a family emergency back to Canada where I'm from. So I'm in Canada right now. Uh, but I do live in New York normally.
0: Normally, well wondering well, wonder uh how is that even how's the situation with that going from Canada and then back to New York, considering you are in a pandemic and flights, I would assume are not that safe.
1: Yeah, it was it was scary to fly. Um, for sure, we we chose to do it only because we had to. We haven't flown anywhere in over a year, um, a year and a few months actually. But we had no choice, so we had to do it. So we just you know had PPE gear and masks and face shields and tons of sanitizer and just did it. But it was scary for sure.
0: Well, how do you feel about coming back? Like you, eventually you got to get back to New York. Though, I would assume
1: yeah i know i'm worried about that too but i guess we're just gonna have to do it the same way also we're gonna be here for a few months so i'm hoping that with the vaccine out and stuff things might calm down you know well, we'll see. so
0: you're not at your house like who is at your house
1: oh nobody nobody
0: so if you're gone for a few months is that like or do you, the, the bills just yeah up or, or? yep
1: they just they're gonna rack up yeah we didn't really have much of a choice you know
0: well uh, i hope things are going well for you over here i mean what you do being a filmmaker which there's another thing because you're a filmmaker and uh, I mean filmmakers depending on what project it is they find some way to work around COVID-19 but even in that self that's still a challenge uh, yes like you mentioned, you're working from home so I mean how's How's your, all of this currently going for you? Uh,
1: It was a big challenge. We, because we were in the middle of, so I have a documentary short that's out on Amazon prime right now. And I was in the process of filming the feature length documentary. So it's the same, it's a story about Jeffrey Deskovic who was wrongfully convicted of a rape and murder when he was only 16 years old and which he obviously didn't do. And uh, so I'm working on the feature length doc of his story. So I was about 90% done filming when the pandemic hit in like January, February. And so all of our shootings got canceled of course everything all production was halted and so that was a real challenge and I thought well now what am I going to do we were hoping to release the film later in the year and of course that didn't happen and so later in 2019 and uh, at first I was like well all this work we've put in and now we're in the tail end of the project and it's going to come to a halt like what a waste of all of our time and money and everything that we had spent so far on making the film but really quickly you know as most people do everyone started to kind of pivot a lot of filmmakers started to have zoom calls to teach like master classes and things like that so i joined a lot of master classes of established filmmakers who shared just invaluable knowledge and information and those proved to be super helpful and valuable to me as a you know indie filmmaker and then um I decided what I would do is take the footage I have since I had like 90% of it shot and I would just edit it since editing is such a solo job that you can do just at home with nobody else. I edited the whole film. And so I ended up almost finishing the the finished project, the finished film, and I have two shoots left to do. So when I can finally do those shoots, I'm just going to edit them in to the film. So it'll be finished still not on time, a little bit late, but not as late as if we had halted everything. So it kind of worked like we found a workaround, you know, but definitely not ideal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet you, you probably didn't imagine getting in the middle of this pandemic and trying to work around this when you started getting uh, into filmmaking. I mean, that's, that's right. That's something I don't think any filmmaker uh, expected. To, I mean, all, all that, however, whatever you did to get into the field that you're in right now to prepare you for this event that we're in still
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's horrible for everybody across all industries right um but for sure tons of people in the industry in the film industry have lost jobs and all that kind of stuff because production was pretty much halted for any, you know, major production. I'm lucky because it's an indie film. So I can work with just two people and we can kind of go out and stay distance and wear a mask and stay 10 feet apart because camera equipment and lenses can do the job for you of, you know, zooming in on somebody. And so I can still shoot a little bit here and there, but any large production is just not happening. It's really unfortunate.
0: Is this your first film?
1: Yeah. The one on Amazon right now, that was my first film. And this is my second that I'm working on now. Yep.
0: And how was it uh, working on your first film? I mean, bef- I'd assume probably better because, hey, there was no pandemic or you found <laughs> some work around if it was the case.
1: Yeah, no, I shot that in uh, 2018. So there was no pandemic. It was it was fantastic. It was great. We had, you know, great crews. We went out and shot everything and we worked collaboratively to, to edit the film. It was awesome. It was back when things were normal. You know, I went to uh, New York Film Academy when I first decided I wanted to go into filmmaking. I had a photography background for 20 years and um, I decided I wanted to do films. And so I went to New York Film Academy and I attended uh, their workshop, their documentary workshop for a couple of months. And that's where I kind of learned the, you know, the the, how to how to make a documentary, I should say. And then and then I immediately started shooting uh, right after that and worked on it for a for most of the year of 2018. And then it released in 2019.
0: And it released to some awards, I believe, because that was another thing yeah. you've got uh, some recognition for that film, which is really cool. Being
1: yeah, it was. Film. It was super cool. It was totally unexpected. I wasn't expecting that at all. Actually, the funny thing is that film um, conviction, the short, I started it in at New York film Academy as my final As my final project as my final film as a school project and i did a really short version of it for school and one of the tas um that was in our editing class said you know you should submit this to film festivals and i had zero plans to do that. I mean, I literally thought it was a school project at the time. And he said that and he said, it's really moving and you should, you, it, it would do well. And he had a film that had went through the film festival circuit and won awards and done really well. So I really put weight into what he said. Uh, and so when I got out of school, I continued to work on it for another five months and make it longer and really perfect it. And that's the film that I submitted to festivals. And it did, it ended up um, being selected at 11 festivals around the world and we won three awards. Uh, I think we got um, best cinematography uh, I think it was best picture and best there was another one oh best one there's one other anyways no, uh, I, got,
0: actually I have it right here official oh no, yeah. <laughs> yeah more actually so official selection and green watch in national Film Festival 2020 uh, semi-finalist New york cinematography awards 2020 so do you have some in 2020 actually. And then the very first one, Award of Distinction 2020 Canada Shorts Film Festival. You you know, you got a couple of those. So, I mean, that is- Yeah,
1: you're right. You know more than me.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I just pulled up your website, uh, uh, geowords.com. I need to get that right. Uh, I actually really like that on your website, you have some animation going on as your- uh, uh, web page. I mean, it's not really animation. It's just uh, you filming a shot of uh, what looks like the prison and uh, around its perimeter. And I think that's a cool. Like for people to just go into that website and that's the first thing they see. That's such a cool, almost interactive way of drawing people into the film that you got. Uh, Thank
1: you so much. Yeah, it was a fun It was a fun site to make. I also really liked that, that kind of video feature on the homepage. It is. It's captivating.
0: Yeah, whenever I see that, it's I, always just eye-popping. I mean, I'm sure it costs money to do that, or maybe it not. Uh, but I, now it's interesting that your shorts uh, or the, the films that you work on involve about a wrong conviction. This is something that's going on and currently it's been going on, but even now recently, for example, at the end of last year, there was a man named Brandon Bernard who was convicted. He was convicted of murdering uh, a few people in a car. And it turns out he was only an accomplice. He wasn't the one who murdered them, but he got the electric chair while the others who didn't, or who did murder him, they got left free or something. And it's horrifying, especially that, knowing of how many people of color tried or convicted for things that they didn't do, or they didn't fully do. And then given the worst treatment, this is so in January 15th, there's another man who was convicted of something that he actually wasn't even involved in at all. It was confirmed by actually the culprit, this crime that he was completely innocent, but yet the culprit is walking away while this man, Dustin Higgs, he is set to be executed on January 15th.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm familiar with Dustin's story. It's it's heartbreaking. I actually, um, you know, Jeff, the subject of my film, he um, does advocacy work. He has a foundation called the Jeffrey Duskvick Foundation to help people who've been wrongfully convicted. And I only learned of Dustin's case on a, few, a week ago or so. My brother sent it to me and I immediately sent it to Jeff. I don't know if there's anything Jeff can do for Dustin. I mean, the time, he's got four days left. So that's really really terrifying but i'm hoping that people who are in this world who have the ability to to do something can help him because his story is heartbreaking
0: yeah it's it's heartbreaking it's It is actually just terrifying to see how much someone uh, of just a different skin color could just be looked at as the criminal and possibly get killed and or even get killed for something they didn't do. I mean, Mm -hmm. we see that a lot ongoing with police and all that. And it, it does. It makes me want to hold my friends of color tightly and protect them from stuff because I don't want to see them go through. I mean, it, it, as selfishly as it might seem, I I'm not, that's not my intention. But, you know, when you see something like that, you just look at the ones you really care about who are still here on this planet and really hoping that the same thing doesn't happen to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially where you see how messed up the system is with this. Because, I mean, I'm sure that is... I haven't gotten a chance to watch your documentary, but I'm sure this is something you cover too. just the the uh, how much the law is or ne- needing some work around. It, it's not exactly playing on fair balance. In fact, we're mainly working against people who are not white or whatever, and it's terrifying seeing that. But then recently, I look online and uh, hear about Donald Trump pardoning the, all the people who uh, stormed the Capitol earlier this week and like okay so they can pretty much get away with causing destruction at the Capitol but someone who didn't even cause a crime could get killed uh, yeah I I'm, I, I don't know it's I, it's I didn't mean to meanly put this in a dark turn but it's important to even bring this up especially with what you do
1: yeah. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. And it's just, it is just a dark subject. You know, it's hard not to, I often think that when I'm talking about my film too, because it's hard not, not to um, go there because it is such a, such a, you know, horrific thing in our justice system, as you said, needs a ton of work, the ton. One of the things, as far as wrongful conviction, convictions go, which I always say is one, of I think, uh, the most important changes that could be made is that prosecutors should be held accountable when they are involved in misconduct that leads to somebody being wrongfully convicted. Because right now they pretty much have immunity, so they have this free pass to do whatever they want. And because you know they work on the um, you know legal law enforcement kind of side, that they they are exempt from ever being accused of that crime of falsely accusing somebody or falsely prosecuting somebody, and so if we could change that one thing alone, and they were, if prosecutors were a little bit more scared to do these kinds of things, that would eliminate a lot of wrongful convictions in and of itself. But there's, I mean, you could go on and on about the, the number of things that need to be fixed in our justice system. I, I think the Innocence Project estimated that two to 5% of people in prison in, in the US are all, are innocent. And if you go with that conservative percentage, that means over 120,000 innocent people are in jail. I mean, that's a huge number, especially when you look at the impact that one wrongful conviction has on the family, not only the person who's incarcerated, but their family and friends. The amount of people in our country that are impacted by wrongful conviction is is massive. It's huge. It's really unfortunate.
0: So how do you think your film, if possible, could help change like, what is, besides just the love of filmmaking, I mean, that is one motivation, but what if, specifically about these two stories that motivate you uh, to releasing them for other people to see? And like, what is your goal out of that?
1: You know, initially, uh, my goal was just to, I used to work in the fashion industry for 20 years. And when I was younger, I loved it. My first, my goal very initially was just to spend my time when, I, when you work so many hours and you work so many days, you know, it's like 60 hours a week, I wanted to spend my di- time working on something that I was really passionate about and something that, um, that would make a difference. That was my only goal. And now after the first film came out, we've had some really good response to it Obviously, and I've actually done a few screenings and talks at uh, schools with law students at, with uh, and law professors. And we've done about three of those. I think we have one more coming up. And uh, that's been great because if we can impact how the younger generation who's gonna grow up or you know, in a few years, go into the work, place and be lawyers or be jurors or you know even just voters if we can impact the way they see this and if they get behind fixing the justice system in any way that they can I think that that would be a a huge thing that's a huge thing that we can accomplish with just filmmaking you know
0: I think not just fixing the justice system but even fix the education for these law students I think another example one of our favorite films, because we do movie reviews on our uh, movie show, we talked about Boys State, and that's a documentary from Apple TV Plus about uh-huh. a university here in Austin, Texas that is just full of racist, hateful people. We're usually just kids who grew up thinking that all these, all these messed up uh, ideals are the right thing. And it's scary to seeing just a huge crowd of mostly uh, men... Uh, or white men, just uh, cheer on the idea of separation of race or imprisonment. All these things that you see end up happening because, well, of our, the, the president we currently have. But I mean, even if he was not there, there was still work to be done regarding race relations. But just knowing that film and seeing that there are schools that are okay with such hateful behavior... I think that there's there needs to be some change in that too.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Education is the beginning of, of changing all of these things.
0: No, no. It, yeah, especially education. I think the biggest reason to, or the biggest, I think the biggest motivation to racism is on being uneducated, learning mm-hmm. the worst things. And just thinking like, oh, this is what these people are. And like, this, this is how I am to think of this and that. And there are so many people out there who are very uneducated, either on purpose or because their parents told them the wrong things. And I think changing the educa- ed- education system around a lot is a first before the law uh, st- or law, I mean, law enforcement law students well that that needs to be changed too but you know what I mean
1: yeah I do I do and you're 100% right absolutely
0: uh, so in that same subject what do you how do you think would be how would you think a solution would work out changing all of this, this I mean like if you had that power what would you do
1: Oh, God, that's such a loaded question. I don't know. Honestly, I do not know. It's so funny because when I went into filmmaking, I thought about wrongful convictions is just something I was passionate about ever since I was like 19 or 20 years old I had read um this book by Reuben Carter called the 16th round I don't know if you've read it but it's still to this day one of my favorite books and it was um Reuben Carter was a famous boxer in like the 60s in New Jersey and he I think yes and he um he was, you know, somewhat famous. And actually the movie, Denzel Washington's movie, The Hurricane was based on that book, was based on Ruben Carter's story. And he was a famous boxer and he was wrongfully convicted of a murder. And it, it, it boggles my mind because if I think about today and you think about famous people today, you know, whoever, actors and stuff, I highly doubt they could be wrongfully convicted of a murder just because they have resources and lawyers and, you know, everything's recorded on social media and whatnot and cameras and things like that. But back then, this famous boxer was wrongfully convicted of a murder. And I read his book, and it really just left a mark. And I loved it and always stayed in the back of my mind. And then fast forward to, you know, recently, a few years ago, I was really trying to rack my brain, kind of trying to answer the question you just asked me, is like, what can I do to make a difference? And it can be such a daunting question because you feel so small when you're looking at just you yourself and you're looking at these big, huge issues like wrongful conviction or, you know, world hunger or whatever it is that you're passionate about. And it's hard to even come up with anything to do other than volunteer your time or donate some money. Um, and so, so it took me a few years to even come around and think, you know, with the skills that I have and with the, with the, resources I have, what could I do? And that's how I ended up coming to filmmaking because I thought that's something I could do to at least raise some awareness. Um, so for me personally, that's what I think I can do, which is why I'm doing this. But what would solve the larger issue? I mean, I wish I knew the answer to that question, but I just, I don't.
0: <laughs> you know, I hear this things of that, hey, we just need a, say a, 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 a what would be a good example? Oh, you know what? Something like TikTok, which I know that's kind of a random thing to bring up, but <laughs> not, not really, because that, that's just been a big platform for creative yeah. that anywhere to advertise. However, there's one ongoing issue with TikTok, and that is the community guidelines system being unfair to people of color usually uh taking their content down for hate speech even though there's no hate speech or oh really i didn't hear about this yeah you don't hear about it because it's not amplified enough every time you hear tiktok on the news it's just like oh how big tiktok is growing here's a big tiktok influencer but yeah it's not amplified enough of that some many of the not as big creators, especially of color, they have to go through a lot of issues where TikTok thinks it's doing what it can to protect everyone, keep everything safe. But instead it's letting these hateful people just do whatever the heck they want. And then anybody who was like any uh, black man or female responding to them uh, through like a a stitch or duet video, they get their content taken down meanwhile the hateful people get it back up huh. the reason i bring that example of because you you do have those things that uh like there, there will be businesses that'll uh, for some reason uh, turn against gay people or uh black or hispanic like out there it does still exist the segregation which is terrible but You have some people of color coming out and saying, I think the solution is if we just have our own thing, like have our own bar or have our own restaurant or have our own bowling alley where it's just all uh, Latino, all uh, Asian and no one else. I don't, again, I don't know the solution either, but that's just not a a world I'd like to see where that the only... The only way that a person of color could feel safe and happy in their own, in like, creative space or what they want to do is in an area where it's just nothing but people who look like them. And to me, that doesn't solve these issues that, we're, that we have going on. Uh, yeah, I hope you haven't had a similar experience in your area.
1: No, I haven't at all, actually. And I'm not familiar with, you know, whatever's going on on TikTok. I don't use TikTok either. Um, So I haven't, and I haven't heard any of these, like, uh, stories or, you know, incidents. Um, I'll definitely Google it after we chat. But uh, no, I've never, I haven't experienced that at all. The filmmaking community, I have found, has been super welcoming and super inclusive, which has been really, really nice. And I think right now, especially, um, is this kind of... Uh, it was a really good time for, for me to release my film, being a person of color and being a woman, because there's so much focus right now on women within this industry, not having all the opportunities, the same opportunities as men had in the past. And, you know, there's, you see like, for example, uh, is it Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon and them, they, a bunch of actresses made a production company, and then they came out with a few shows like Big Little Lies. And I think there's a couple others they've done now, which the names escape me, but have been so successful and that's really opened the door for, for them and other female creators. And then because of everything going on with, you know, race issues and whatnot, there have been a lot of, groups and stuff and within the film industry i'm talking about but um, a lot of groups for just women filmmakers or just women of color filmmakers and so i have found it to be a really really uh positive thing and a positive time to to release my film right now but i haven't experienced any of that thank goodness
0: well i mean i i'm all for that too like i mean you have you actually have film festival over here in in texas we have the den black film festival or the south yeah. Um it, or the South uh West Asian South by Southwest. Southeast <laughs> and no, there's South by Southwest, but there's the South Asian uh film festival. Oh yes. Uh, and I think it's really cool to have those film festivals and those organizations dedicated to those diverse groups. So I was what I was talking about is just uh the, the segregation feeling that some people of color feel in certain areas. yeah I've had interviews sure. before where uh, the creative has lived in an area where they do feel segregation is still there and then you have all these yeah, apps that are not working in balance towards uh, different yeah people, a case of hate that's going on so that that's why I bring that up I don't yeah. know how that's going on in the film industry at least the indie film industry currently yeah
1: you know luckily living in New York City uh, it's just so diverse and I don't feel that as much but I know you know in many 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 states it's a it's a major problem. I just personally haven't um, experienced it you know thank goodness
0: yeah, yeah. so is this your day job as a filmmaker is that your day job or do you have something else? Uh,
1: well, my day job is that I have a toddler, so I was a stay-at-home okay. mom. Okay, <laughs> so you're a stay-at-home mom.
0: You have the husband uh, taking care of all that for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was in the fashion industry for 20 years
0: oh. um,
1: in business operations, and uh, and then I left uh, that, and I had my son, and so then I was staying home with him, taking care of him in for, for the last couple of years. We debated if I should go back to work, and I decided not to because for anyone that lives in New York, daycare is an absurd amount of money. It's like $4,000 a month, three to 4,000 just for daycare. So I was like, what's the point in going to work and making, you know, all my money that goes straight to daycare. So we decided not to do that. And and of course I love to spend time with him and be home with him. So I did that. And then just recently a a year ago or so I went to, like I mentioned to film school and then started making the film. So I've been, I worked on the film part-time and, home with my son the other part-time yeah exactly
0: that's interesting for those who want to get into filmmaking like it's, it's especially in the indie scene how much of that could be your day job and how much you yes. have to, to something else because that i mean that's out of any creative field the biggest importance is whether or not this could be your full-time thing And how do you, how could he even get there?
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of people have have talked to me about this. Even when I enrolled in New York Film Academy, one of the uh, program, um, the head of the department was like, you're doing this with a one-year-old at home. Like this is not going to happen. You know, (laughs) this is not something you can do in this uh, manner, but uh, you know, she was pleasantly surprised. I think that it all went so well, but it definitely takes a ton of, uh, planning and organization and uh, being super duper efficient in the few hours that you do have to work every day like I was uh, in the beginning I was only working on the film about three hours a day two hours while my son napped and like an hour or two when he went to sleep at night so it was really crazy to try and work in those in those uh, few hours I joke often that I wish somebody had made a behind the scenes, of like a mom making a documentary because half the time I was editing my film on like my, in my editing you know suite with my son smashing my laptop or screaming on the top of his lungs standing over me and I mean, it was a pretty pretty hilarious way to to make a film you would never know it when you watch the film but it was really comical.
0: <laughs> I, I would I would hope so because I, that, that laptop might have uh, cost you a couple <laughs> thousand dollars. I'm sure he probably <laughs> yeah. spanked him very hard. Uh, <laughs> well,
1: you know, I, I never did that. But you know what he did one time? He poured water on my laptop, fried it completely on my Mac. What is
0: wrong with your kid?
1: He, well, he was one and that's what they do. And he just knocked it over by accident. What? Well, so, one-year-old
0: just purposely sabotages your work and, and sets you back like well it's not purposely
1: they just they're just kids right so he just he hit it by accident
0: oh i'm sorry Uh mommy i spilled water on your yeah
1: ask any mom they're gonna have a ton of these stories but anyways i ended up having to get a new laptop but it was just hilarious it was just a lot of comical things going on uh behind the scenes
0: well okay my my sister has a nephew who is one and yeah, he can get destructive. He likes to run around, and he likes to try to get into things. But I have, I have not seen him just go up to a tablet or a laptop and just pour his apple juice on it.
1: Well, right? no, it's not that. He'll, he'll
0: throw Cheerios on the floor. He'll uh, look at a, an electrical cord and try to go like "ooh," and we have to pull him back. Like, no, no, you don't mess yeah. with that electrical cord well
1: that's exactly it that's exactly yeah. it. he didn't come and pour it on my laptop it was i was feeding him while working oh, so okay. i had it sitting next to my laptop and he hit it by accident and it knocked okay, over okay that, that,
0: that made sense. Yeah.
1: so uh you know these things happen that's what if you have kids you know these things happen every day <laughs> did you have
0: an extended warranty for that laptop
1: nope 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 okay. <laughs> No, and it was a, it was older anyways. Anyways, okay. it was just funny. It was just it was just funny when you. Well, laugh I mean, that's it. the
0: best thing to do. And just a thousand dollars go down the drain. And you just have to laugh.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. I was the one who decided to make a film with a one-year-old at home. So
0: <laughs> it could work. You never know. Yeah. 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 Well, well that's I say, awesome. Yeah. I I I just enjoy talking to you and just learning about the stuff stuff you do. I mean, you can even go to the website www. Uh, and just spell your name j i a w e r t s.com, and that will take you to uh, that really awesome. Oh, that's
1: uh, t z at the end. T z,
0: why am I say t t s? Yeah, it's
1: j i a w,
0: yeah, w e. Well, I mean, I will. Put the link in the description there. yeah yeah for sure yeah. for sure uh but i mean yeah over at the website got uh you know those awards that's the first thing you see just to know she's got the skills work events biography press so and that's where you can go to contact her you're also on instagram and youtube twitter and facebook as well which that's cool get yourself on as many things as possible
1: yeah, and for anyone looking for updates on screenings, because we're still playing at some festivals, we have one coming up in Chicago, um, the Injustice for All Film Festival. All the screenings are on the website, and all the updates I always put on Instagram first. On Instagram, it's Gia Docs, J I A D O C S. And it was awesome talking to you too, Chase. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, so another thing is uh, they can also sign up for a mailing list. What do they get out of that?
1: Uh, We just mail out like when we have screenings and stuff and invites. Um, Sometimes we have free passes and things like that. We don't mail often, maybe once every couple of months, only when we have events going on or screenings going on. Something, you know, of note.
0: Okay. so when the pandemic is over, that's probably another thing that's gone on your mind. When all this is over, when everyone's vaccinated, Ah, uh, Dr. Fauci just came out and said, possibly, if everything goes well, no, nothing, nothing sets on fire. Everybody gets their vaccine, and they social distance. They they behave like good, good uh, citizens of the United States. Uh, concerts, festivals, etc., can open in the fall of this year. How do you feel about that? With things possibly coming back to normal in the fall of this year or possibly early next year. Do you have any plans when COVID is over? Until- you tomorrow? know,
1: I don't. And I mean, while that would be amazing in the, in if everything goes perfectly. Uh, even when these things open up, I think I would be very hesitant and I would wait a few months longer just to see, because of course you've got lots of people who won't get vaccine. You got lots of people who don't believe in it and all that kind of stuff. So for me personally, just my comfort level, I would, even if they did open up, I would wait a few months longer and kind of see how it goes before I start attending these things. Um, Currently, of course, like everything else, all of our screenings are virtual. I would love to have in-person screenings, but definitely- only when it's safe. And even when they say it's safe, I think I'll, I'll wait a few more months.
0: <laughs> and it's a good plan. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not going out until I know I can. Um,
1: yeah, so. exactly. I staying safe is the most important thing for all of us.
0: And how is it even in Canada, since you're in Canada, is COVID that date deadly over there?
1: Yeah, it's just as right. bad. It's just as bad. Yeah. It's the same as the States yeah. right now. The hospitals are you know, overcrowded and it's yeah. the same situation. Okay. I yeah, unfortunately.
0: So this will be up or this will be uploaded on uh, Ponds which is on, I mean, every uh, audio podcast platform you can listen to. So whatever of choice that you have just search Pondspress, you'll find it. And also have Facebook page Ponds Instagram page Ponds And I'm at Twitter, chasepond 64 I also upload little video clips And to put on Instagram reels and on TikTok, which is a great little uh, marketing thing to do. Great. Uh, But uh, Miss, I just hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. And, And, you know, when things get better maybe uh you'll come check out some of the uh, film festivals over here in texas because we got oh, absolutely a, we got quite a few big ones over there like dallas video fest and
1: yeah i know my husband's from texas he's from san antonio so we've been to austin quite a bit and uh oh, for well, sure
0: this for is sure. in dallas uh but yeah but, I, I
1: know that one's in dallas but I mean, uh,
0: but i do know what you mean because there's also south by southwest yeah and, and, and probably some others like no that's the only one i've actually been to in austin i haven't been to anything else in south texas yet but yeah. uh, i'm sure there's more down here as well yeah. yeah yeah
1: and if you do want some video to post on um social and stuff yeah, you can share the trailer link with you too and anything else you need
0: okay But uh, you just have a good one.
1: Yeah, you too. Thank you so much.